Well, hi, my name's Andy, and today I want to unpack the global youth study that was conducted by One Hope. And One Hope, uh, who are an organization with the vision to get the word of God into the hands of every child, uh, who brought us the Bible app for kids, as well as the Kids Bible Experience on Version, are also uh, renowned for their research. And you can go on One Hope's web website, and they've partnered with Barna in the past to do some incredible research. But this particular study that I want to unpack today helps us understand global culture, what we are working with right now when it comes to Gen Z. And this is an incredible study so that we understand who we are working with and how we can engage and create strategies as the church. So for me today, I want to um, share with you this uh, incredible resource. And so I'm going to screen share here and I'm going to go through the global youth culture study. Uh, the global youth culture study was done right across the world with 20 different countries that took place, 72 questions surveyed, and nearly, uh, well, it gets up to about 9,000 uh, uh, people who were surveyed when we include Australia. Australia wasn't included in the first research study, but in my work and conversations with One Hope, I said, look, you've got that global youth culture. Can we do Australia? And then we did that. And today I'm going to look at the comparative statistics of this Australian culture. Now in the email um, that I want to send out to different teams, and if you want to access this, you can email me at info at acckids.org.au and we can get you in the hands of the Australian Global Youth Culture Study. But as I said, nearly 9,000 teens who were uh, surveyed with the different questions. What we looked at in this study was religious attitudes and behaviours, personal experiences and struggles, and then a digital connectedness and impact. We have identity and relationships, influences and guiding voices. I'm going to take a bit of a snapshot in some of these spaces today and uh, help you understand who we're working with. And again, as I said, as a church, what we can do then in order to uh, create strategies to move forward. And ACC Kids are committed to helping to build these strategies along with you as the local church. So about those that were uh, that were part of the survey, um, there was 55% that said they have no religion at all, 32% who identified as Christian, and 14% others. Uh, the household, for us to understand a snapshot of the household, is two parents of 67%, one parent 17%, and other living situations. And again, the split between boys and girls was 50-50, just so we know who we're working with here. Now, when it comes to um, religious or practices, um, let's dive into some of these of praying, attending a religious service or re reading religious scriptures on their own or having spiritual conversations. We start to break this down into different um, percentages. And uh, what we see is 55% are never praying. And, and at least weekly gets it, that's 77%. But there's only... Um, Oh, sorry, weekly is 22%, monthly or several times a year um, is 22%. That's 77% um, who are not regularly praying. That means they're monthly, a few times a year, or never at all. Um, likewise, when it comes to attending religious services, uh, what we have there is um, 83% never 
or uh, several times a year or, or, or maybe monthly at best. Um, 60%, not at all. That, that's incredible right there. We really are moving away in Australia um, from when it is becoming normal and regular attendance for youth and young people. When it comes to reading religious scriptures just on their own, um, this only happens 10% of the time. 10% of the time, that's 90% are not engaging with the word of God. And we'll look further uh, into this study, how by having the word of God um, so important and central in the life, it actually starts to reduce aspects like anxiety and starts to reduce uh, different stresses and different mental health challenges. So the word of God is so important, as we know. Uh, the word of God is what transforms our mind. The word of God is, um, is, is what brings us life. As Christians, we know this. And this is why it's so important, the work with One Hope, along with ACC Kids, in creating uh, ways to engage with the Bible, the, uh, the, the, not just in church on a Sunday, but bringing it together during the week. Uh, in another study, we saw that less than 10% of churches create resources to help fuse Sunday with the week. And this is really my passion at the moment to get out in the hands of all churches that we need to be creating resources to make Sunday and Monday blend. Um, having spiritual conversations, um, really only 19% of the time, weekly, families, parents. So, so how can we partner as the church to arm them with tools to have spiritual conversations, to see that rise from 19% to a lot higher? Here's the thing, though. Two, and th two out of every three non-Christian teens, though, would consider coming to church. They would consider. They are open. So why we have um, on one side this very uh, non-religious or non-Christian or um, society that has, has shifted, still two out of three Chris, uh, teens would say, yeah, I'd go if I was invited. This links so strongly back to, again, the statistic that many of us do know that most salvations happen before the age of 18. This is why it's vital that we, um, that in the next gen space, we really go after this. Now, um, when it was, would, I be, uh, would I be open to attending? 30%? Yes, absolutely. There's 32% just no, not at all. And 38%? Not sure, but I'm open. Um, you know, 30% are just like, yeah, absolutely, if I was invited. Two out of three might consider they're open to it. That's something to think of right there. Now, religious habits um, of Christian teens. So these are Christian teens. What are their habits? Are they, are they praying? They identify as Christian. So the other study was just broadly who does this. But if Christian teens, at least weekly, 46% pray. At least weekly, 37% attend church. That shows that as a Christian teen committed, they're at least only going at best every fortnight, every three weeks. Reading the Bible on their own, again, is right down at 20%. We need to get this up. The word of God is what transforms lives. And again, having spiritual conversations is a little bit higher there at 25%. Now, part of this study, what, what, what One Hope has done is broken it down into six traits to identify what a committed Christian is. So the last one said it was Christian. Okay, so they identify as Christian, but but one who wanted to go a step further and go, okay, let's let's get some marker points as to what it would mean to be a committed Christian, and then let's just work on from there. And so here's six traits. Number one, that they believe God exists and that they can have a personal relationship with him. 
Number two, they pray at least weekly. That's a committed Christian right there. They read the scripture on their own at least weekly. Again, committed Christian. These are the hallmarks. Believe Jesus is the son of God. Believe that forgiveness of sins is only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. And believe the Bible is the word of God. If they, so, so some of them are beliefs. Some of them are responses to those beliefs in a personal relationship with God in action. So they're the six traits right there. So if we take a snapshot of those six traits and then we move on to committed um, Christians by region. So by that definition, by that definition, it shifts this percentage down. So a nominal Christian um, in Australia is 29%. 29% identify themselves as a Christian. But if we take those six markers and say, do you fulfill these six markers? It brings it down to 3%. Only 3% of this um, next gen that we surveyed are actually what we would define as a committed Christian. You'll see the percentages there right across the world. Africa was 49, came down to 28, 54 down to 5%, 42 in North America down to 8%. But it's alarming that Australia already is starting behind the eight ball with 29% who identify as Christian, but then it comes down to 3% as committed Christians. So, how much do their hearts struggle? What is playing into this? What's contributing to this? What is, what is shaping society and the culture that's causing us to be, um, it's seemingly going backwards in seeing Christians being committed? Well, mental health is obviously a huge part to play right now. And what we see is as society moves up like this with changes, the ability for us as humans to adapt is going at a slightly lower curve and there's this gap right now this gap between how fast society is moving and and the normal ability for a human to adapt to change and so uh, adapting to change has stayed quite steady but we are changing even faster rate and that gap in before in between is what's causing this anxiety and causing depression causing loneliness causing suicide tendencies and mental health is huge Within the past three months surveyed, these kids who were surveyed, 74% identified that they were lonely. 60% said they had high anxiety and 53% said they had depression. One in three teens in Australia reported suicide ideation. One in three, let that sink in right now. This is the battle. Now, this survey was done in the last two years over the, the recent pandemic, over the time that there was extreme lockdowns. And, and prior to that, best research looked, it was one to five. So it has increased dramatically through that. But this is the latest statistics that are coming out of most reports. So the top five suicide risk factors, if we have a look at this, um, we would think, okay, depression. Yeah, depression is high, 58%. A poor family experience is 55%. These are suicidal thoughts. 57% same-sex attraction, being bullied online, but the number one is gender identity confusion. This not only is the highest percentage of suicidal thoughts, but it is the highest percent of suicide attempts that is happening. Um, gender identity confusion is huge. Right now, ACC Kids is looking to create some resources, both 
for churches to provide for parents to understand how to have the conversation and furthermore for kids and youth ministries to use for our young people to watch to unpack and understand uh, all information around gender identity this is so important from this survey from this study we've seen that's the space we need to be um, attacking and creating um, godly resources for children to not be confused around this gender identity the power of scripture i mentioned before though is significant so when um when they read the bible um this is the percent of decrease when you read the bible at least um uh, weekly and so we can see that it's decreased down 59 percent um when it's at least weekly monthly or often it's 79 it still makes a difference this is from 100 percent, so it's coming back down the other way so if you read it monthly or less often um 79 percent um so a hundred percent uh being uh based off the original statistics we showed around loneliness, high anxiety and depression. And so this is where it, it recedes to. So 59% at loneliness, high anxiety, 33%, depression, 41%. We can see even in depression, that when you're reading the word of God monthly, or less often, like even just getting the word in a little bit, it is bringing that percentage down. It's so important to get the word of God into our kids and youth and all of our young people it's so important for us as adults to be getting the word of god into us it's so important for us to be modeling this so when we look at sexual temptation and we start to see other challenges and areas where young people are engaging and having um challenges we see that um 51 of teens have viewed pornography recently 51 percent have viewed it let's just go with that right there let's not let's not sugarcoat it let's not just um think that it's pushed to the margins or it's not happening what i don't have is the percentages but it shows that the percentage of females looking at pornography is rapidly rising as well it's still more male dominated but it certainly is not a male exclusive um uh, issue that's happening with our young people right now ages 13 to 15 there's 34 percent of young people who have seen this are seen it 49% in the 16 to 17, 60%. And again, when we look at Christian and non-Christian, there is not a huge margin of percentage right there. 55% to 45%. That is not a huge margin right there. And this is what's incredibly important for us to understand that this issue is in the church. Let's not think this is just an issue for the world that we need to take some sort of outreach program or issue out to um the schools this is within our church and we need to again create resources to have conversations to safeguard our kids and to talk about how we do this um educate parents many parents don't know how to put blocks and nannies on on technology we need to be arming with uh, our parents and our children with information now one in 14 report recent same-sex attraction and uh and and to understand that our uh, girls in this study uh, are more susceptible to uh, feel that almost double 31% and boys 16%. And, and so um, would feel most myself as a different gender is 11% nominal Christian, 11% non Christian, the same sex attraction 21% uh, nominal Christian 26% non Christian, 
Um, 0% though in both of those as a committed Christian, remembering committed Christian with those six aspects that we listed before. And so if we're able to um, teach the word of God, understand the, um, the identity uh, in Christ, understand that, um, that the kids and our teenagers have a firm understanding of forgiveness, a firm understanding of Jesus Christ as Lord, the word of God, praying weekly, at least praying, um, reading the Bible weekly, at least then we're actually seeing the same-sex attraction minimal, 0%, minimized right down to 0%. But if they're nominal Christian, there really is no issue, uh, no difference to what is in the world as non-Christian, which for me is absolutely staggering. So whose voice, voice do they want to hear though? Whose voice are they listening to when it comes to culture, when it comes to shaping them? You'd be happy to hear that still, family is 51%. 51%. It is overwhelmingly massive um, in response as into what is right or wrong or the meaning of life. It is double or more than double in both of these areas. As you'll see, family, 51% about right or wrong conversations, 41% on the meaning of life. And then as you go down and look at the percentages there, friends and peers come in second, in both spaces, 22% and 19%. Online and social media then comes in at third. This is where they're going to, to find the meaning of life and right and wrong, but it's still only 21%. The overwhelming percentage is 51%. If we as families would take up the challenge and, and take up the uh, responsibility, arm ourselves with information that we need and then be able to deliver this um, to the kids um, religious leaders um, and text is, is, is lower. And so again, we have to understand we as the church are not getting the best cut through simply by just preaching on a Sunday, by simply running kids and youth um, services on our weekends. This is not getting the overwhelming cut through. I'm not saying it's not helping. It certainly is. But the greatest thing we can do is resource and arm families to be having these conversations. So when it comes to gender and sexuality conversations, though, this is where it flips. This is where it goes into hidden. And this is where social media, friends and peers and family members goes down to third at 22%. People um, are uncomfortable in the family unit and, and sometimes in the church to be having clear conversations around sexuality, gender, and, and these spaces and then often it's framed or shaped in a judgmental manner or a condemning way, or it's just, well, that's what the Bible said. We need to actually answer the why, why, um, rather than just what is happening in, in, in the space here. Otherwise, they'll push and go to social media 35% and try and find answers there. And we will know that that is not where they're going to find the right answers. I certainly don't want my boys finding the answers around gender and sexuality from their friends and peers in the playground at 31% or social media. That's 66% chance that my kids are going to be asking the question around sexuality in the playground or looking it up on social media. I want that narrative and I want that um, guiding voice to be coming from the home. So what would be the most likely to change my mind <clears throat> about religious belief? Well, personal experience such as an answer to prayer would do this. So how incredible is that, that with the young person, if we shape our conversations around, hey, let's pray for that. Um, how can I pray for you? 
And we're going to believe that God can come through and have breakthrough in prayer. But if we're not even asking young people, can we pray for you? How can I pray for you? What can we pray for? Then we're not going to be able to reshape this. Um, a conversation with my parents, a conversation with friends, teaching from religious leaders, again, is a low percentage, but it's certainly helping. We need to be arming um, the parents um, with, with resources, but most importantly, both church and at home for families, prayer in this space is going to help shape them. So three and four teens talk to their parents about important issues, at least sometimes. That's good. That's promising within Australia that, that home is still the place that they're talking. And, and so um, that's a snapshot, really, of what this global study is. As I went right back to the beginning, there were so many areas of mental health, of online, of what's shaping um, society and culture. But I wanted to do a quick overview to, um, A, arm you with a little bit of information, but B, um, really stoke the fire of interest in finding out more as to who you're ministering to so we can have the right strategies. As I said before, if you want to access this, you can go to One Hope and get the Global Youth Culture. It's, it's got its own website there, globalyouthculture.net, and you can find out all the statistics, find out more about this. If ACC Kids can help you to answer any questions you might have to help you form and shape resources for your church, please reach out and contact us at acckids.org.au. I hope this has been helpful for you. And uh, again, we are just so committed to helping you as a church, church shape resources uh, for your church community and to reach and impact your community. So from me now, as I, uh, as I come on back into the, uh, into the full screen to give my final greeting and goodbye, um, I just want to say thank you for joining me today as we've unpacked this global youth culture. Um, it's been a pleasure. Please reach out if we can help you in any way. All right. God bless.